Welcome back to The Word on School Avenue. This is Weston. This is Seth. This is Darren. And Dexter. Since this is the school street, school avenue, great controversy in that topic, but (laughs) since this is The Word on the School Avenue, we have brought on our pastor, which is our teacher, and amongst a lot of other titles, just a great man. So, we're just going to turn it over to him. And uh, he just got back from a mission trip to Bangladesh. Which he does not want to talk about. Which we may talk about some. <laughs> we may not. We'll just kind of see what he wants to talk about. That's a touchy subject. It's touchy. No. <laughs> All right, Dad. Go ahead. It, it's not really that I, that I don't want to talk about it for any negative reasons. I just <laughs> don't feel that today. But it's good to be here and uh, excited about being here. Uh, I've listened to some of the podcasts, not all of them, but uh, I've always got uh, a lot out of it, and uh, I commend you guys for doing this. It, it does; it is uh, something that takes a lot of work. Got to be intentional about it, right? And so I've uh, enjoyed listening to the ones I have, and and it's been good stuff. So um, I know uh, there's a lot of things we could talk about. Uh, the topic that that I just kind of am leaning toward today. Uh, is uh, the identity of Jesus Christ, uh, the oneness of God, the Godhead, whatever you want to call it. And there's so many scriptures that you can go into and uh, different uh, angles you can look at it. So if you guys will help me just kind of inject when, when there's scriptures that kind of uh, come that I read that something that you want to uh, ask or, or jump in, mm-hmm. I, would, I would invite you to do that. Uh, a lot of ways you can look at it, but... Uh, one scripture I just want to read, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. Uh, as far as the New Testament, it, it declares to me who Jesus was in, in just a couple verses. I know there's a lot of details there. But Colossians 2, verse 8, uh, notice what it says. Paul says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, uh, vain deceit, and after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. So he's very specific that, that we need to take heed, beware. You need to stay on alert lest anybody, any man, uh, one scripture would even say in the last days there'll be seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Yeah. And so those, those come through teachings. Uh, those come through uh, supposed revelations, ideologies of men. But he said, don't let any man spoil you or... or the spirit of deception or a supposed revelation spoil you. And that word spoil means uh, just like an army is, uh, is taken on a battlefield. When they, when they take them captive, they strip them mm-hmm. of armor. They strip them of their weapons. And so he's saying don't be stripped of uh, the truth mm-hmm. by traditions of men or philosophy, which we kind of talked about this a little bit one of our men's group philosophy here is people that desire to appear wise, desire to have uh, great learning, Mm -hmm. but then it follows that up with vain, uh, also vain deceit. And so not always are people being wise for the right motive and they'll tweak, they'll tweak their wisdom to, to win the, win the war or win the battle. Mm -hmm. And then it talks about traditions of men, but the next verse, um, Verse 9 is where we really want to go. For in him, this is talking about Jesus, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, 
uh, that verse there is much like Ephesians, uh, I think it's 3 verse 20, where it talks about in us, um, the spirit that's in us, we can do exceeding, abundantly, above all. You, you know the scripture I'm talking about. Yeah. We can do all these things according to the power that works in us. Mm-hmm. Well, this verse is real similar. It uses the word all, then it uses the word fullness, and then it uses the word Godhead. Mm-hmm. You could actually take all and fullness out of this, this verse and just use Godhead by itself because Godhead is re- basically saying fullness, mm-hmm. all. Yeah. When, you're ta- when you say Godhead, you're already... It's it's all the all the power all right. the everything's in the Godhead. But it's emphasizing. But he's emphasizing here in Him. He's talking about Jesus. In Him yeah. dwells, lives, or abides all the fullness of the Godhead. And then he uses the word bodily. Right. In other words, we know God is omnipresent. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere. There's a lot of scripture in the Old Testament we could use. But when you see Jesus, what this is saying, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In verse 10, I love that. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Yeah. Now, doesn't that go along with Matthew 28, 19? I mean, you, you guys have read this. I've heard you said on your podcast, Jesus himself said, all power yeah. has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go ye therefore and do what I'm telling you because I have all power in heaven. Right, right. right. Yep. And the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is just an explanation of showing His greatness. Yes. A lot of people miss that. Absolutely. Um, you know, in that verse it says, It behoove Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that, you know, that repentance, remission, should, sin should be preached in His name. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into, obviously, that uh, He has all power. So therefore, do these in the name. Right. Mm-hmm. You could just leave it at that. You could do it. In other Gospels, some of them do leave it at that. Absolutely. Just, just in the name. Of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Ghost is prepositional phrases. Of is preposition. Of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Ghost. Prepositional phrases that's reaffirming what he's saying. I have all power, so go into all the world and and do this in my name. Right. And so here, uh, verse 9, for in him, in, in Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Another verse we could bring out, whatever we do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's no name under heaven given among men, no other name whereby we must be saved. Right. So it comes back to the name of Jesus, and, and this verse says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So what does that mean? It means that God of the Old Testament came and he showed himself, and we've got a lot of scriptures we can cover, he showed himself in a bodily form. Hebrews says, uh, A body hath thou prepared me. And so he came and became visible. The invisible God of the Old Testament became uh, to where you could see him in the New Testament. And the only way you're going to see the glory of God in bodily form is in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But verse 10 says, and very important, and you are complete in him. You, you and I are complete in him. There's, there's, there's not another name whereby remit sins. There's not another name where uh, sins are forgiven, uh, miracles take place. It's all in the name of Jesus. So, you know, the identity of Jesus Christ, that's one verse. There's so many verses you can bring out. And like I said, I'd like for you guys to inject here. But, but when you think about God and you think about Jesus Christ, and some people see them as separate 
and there is a separation, but the only separation the Godhead is uh, flesh and spirit. Right. The, the only mm-hmm. difference or separation that you see, there's not two spirits, three spirits. There's not two or three bodies. Mm-hmm. There's there's one spirit, and there's one body. There's and not even a different uh, consciousness. There's not a consciousness. No. Yeah. no. Um, you know, and we'll get into this at some point. I'm sure y'all have some questions, but one of the things is is him praying. Uh, on the cross, and there, there seems to be a separation there. But, but when you understand, l- let me just go real quick. First Timothy three sixteen, and we'll read this. First uh, Timothy three sixteen, and we've all read this. We we all uh, know this, probably understand this. There may be some people out there that maybe this be some clarification. But and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. In in this next part, God was manifest in flesh yeah okay justified in spirit seen of angels preached unto the gentiles believed on in the world and received up in the glory now that that starts off god was these things god was manifest what does manifest mean to you guys what would be a good definition uh made to be seen okay yeah. maybe <clears throat> he's like there like a manifest in this room just appears i don't yeah. know yeah, but he appeared. Yeah. He was there. Something yeah. you could see. Um, the the definition there would be uh, rendered apparent or to appear. That's what you said, Dexter. Uh, manifestly declare, to show self, to make visible. In other words, God is an invisible spirit. God is spirit. He's invisible. Uh, mm-hmm. One scripture said, "You go to heaven." He's there. You go to hell, he's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, go in the midst of the sea, he's there. Okay. There's nowhere that you can go that God is not. He's even in California. Yes, he is. He's even in California. I didn't say it. I was about to say, say that yeah. again so others can hear it. <laughs> Absolutely. So he's even in California. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he's a spirit. John 4, I think it's 24, says God is a spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you, when you realize that God is not... A body, God is a spirit. And God was manifested or made to be seen in flesh. But here's the thing that people don't get. He, he did not just, it's not a body and God dwells in the body. God became flesh. Right. Yeah. John, you know, this says the exact wording here was God was manifest in flesh. Mm-hmm. But when you go to John chapter 1 and verse, verse 14. 1, oh, verse and we're going to get there and you can read it. John <laughs> yeah. 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now read verse 14, Brother Seth. And the Word was made flesh. Okay, made flesh. God was yeah. made flesh. So he didn't just appear or be manifest in flesh. He was made flesh. Now that gets so complex for people. Yeah. God did not just have a body to see and the spirit was in him no that body god became flesh right. the correct uh, the correct wording there if you look up that word flesh it's not just um not just a body but it's humanity mm-hmm. now that that you know a lot of people look at that and that just gets out there to where you can't even imagine god became human yeah, yeah. that's what that's saying but yet he was omnipresent everywhere god became mm-hmm. human and that's why Jesus could say, it's not me that does the works. It's not the flesh that's doing the work. It's not the human side of Jesus that does the works, but it's the power of God that's in me. It's the Father that does the works. That does not mean that there's a separation in spirit 
It doesn't mean there's a separation in consciousness. It means that God became human. Mm -hmm. and, and so he felt every pain you and I would feel, uh, emotions. We see him weeping. We see him hungry. We see him thirsting. We see him weary. That's the human side of God. Yeah. But at the next moment, he could say, Lazarus, come forth mm -hmm. after weeping. At the next moment, he could do all these uh, major things. But it, he would say, the flesh, the body that he was made into would say, it's not me that does work. It's not the human that does works, but it's the spirit in me or it's the Father. Here's a, and you may have kind of already covered it, but back to John 1, 1. I want to bring out the, I guess, the Trinitarian uh, mm -hmm. interpretation of this scripture, and you can mm -hmm. explain uh, explain that verse. But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. The way that I've heard uh, Trinitarians explain that or believe uh, what John 1, 1 is saying is they'll say, well, that's talking about the coexisting, co-eternal Son of God. The Word was with God in heaven, and then the Word made himself a body separate from God is how I've heard mm -hmm. Trinitarians. Well, I've heard uh, when you go back to 1 Timothy 3.16, uh, God was made, uh, was manifest in flesh. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't say God the Son right. was manifest in flesh. In fact, I read uh, one uh, leading uh, Trinitarian uh, man that he actually said for this First Timothy three sixteen to be accurate, the word God there really should be correctly interpreted. God the Son was manifest in flesh. Well, here's the problem with that. You're changing Scripture. <clears throat> yeah. It doesn't say God the Son was manifested in flesh. It says God was right. manifested. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing that I've always... If you go before the New Testament, if you go back to the Old Testament, you never read any, anywhere about the Son. Right. The Son was, as Scripture says, John 1, I believe, it was the begotten Son. It wasn't the eternal Son. It never says eternal mm -hmm. son. It never says yeah, that's a great uh, point. it never says God the uh, uh, God the Son. Yeah. That, that's not a correct term. It never says God God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say that. Um, prior to the New Testament, uh, you never find where it, where it talks about any of the Trinitarian uh, ideology uh, of three persons, you know, distinct uh, in eternity. And so in this verse, 1 Timothy 3.16, the way I would answer that is God, God, the omnipresent spirit that's everywhere, that has all power, the almighty God, spirit, mm -hmm. not, not uh, God the Son, because that's, that just simply says God. Let's not change the scripture. Let's right. keep it the way it is. God was manifest in flesh. Yeah. And so when you go back to John 1, in the beginning was, was the word, which is the thought, the plan of God. In the beginning was the word. Word was with God. That thought or that plan was God. Well, that thought or plan was that He was going to come and become a man. Verse fourteen. Yeah. Made flesh and dwelt among us. That's good. Now, since we're on that chapter, if you go to the bottom of that chapter, here's another verse thirty-five, John chapter one, verse thirty-five. Um. It says uh, again the next day after John stood, and two of his disciples looking up uh, upon Jesus as he walked and. He saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. Okay, that, that, that's saying humanity. Anytime yeah. you hear Son, Lamb, um, manifest in flesh, it's talking about the flesh of God 
the humanity of God, the sacrifice of God, the Lamb of God. It means that's the part of God that had to become a sacrifice for us. Yeah. Now, now you're my son. Weston is my son, by the way, yeah. uh, for <laughs> those of you that don't know. If, if, if I was God and I had this, this situation where I had to redeem the whole world, is there anybody, and there's, there's three of us here that are, that are fathers, would we send our son to die for us? Now, now really think about that. Or for others. Or for others, yeah. especially yeah. for others, yeah. people I don't even know. Uh, if, if it had to be done, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And so when, when, you, when you paint this idea that God sent his son, I've already lost confidence. As a man, I've lost confidence because God did something that I as a human being is not willing to do. I'm not willing to send Weston to die for the sins of the world. I, I would die for my son. I'd die yeah. for my wife. And we're exceedingly evil, and we know how to give good okay. gifts to our children. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you great, go. Great, great point. And so when you look at this, uh, behold the Lamb of God, verse 36. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Um, well, where, where are we at here? I think 29 actually says, Behold the Lamb of God, take the west in the world. But let's finish 36. Let's uh, look at 37. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Uh, then Jesus turned and saw them following. Uh, I'm trying to get to where they were baptized. I thought I was there. That's 33, I think. Okay, okay, that's it. Yep. Read 33. Go ahead, Weston. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom... Thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Okay, on whom you see the Spirit descending. Look at verse 32. And John bear record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And, of course, we know if you go to another translation, uh, they heard. Now, Jesus and John heard. Uh, the reason John had to see it and hear it was because he had to know that this was the Messiah. Confirmation. It was confirmation, yeah. bearing witness. Mm -hmm. And so in other translations, you hear this voice. Uh, in Scripture, it's recorded that, that the voice uh, of God, the Father, uh, out of heaven says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, I take that absolutely literally, that, that this was the witness of uh, the Spirit of God was going to live and abide in that body, yeah. this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Second um, uh, Corinthians chapter five verse nineteen, uh, Paul writes and he he says that uh, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself. This was not a father being well pleased with a with a separate um, God, the Son. Yeah, this was God saying. And, and bearing witness and approval that this is my sacrifice and I'm going to dwell in that body. Yeah. And so, so it wasn't a, you know, and you can look at that, but as I said to start with, the, the only separation that God had is flesh and spirit. Right. And so it, it's, it's humanity, it's the lamb, uh, it's flesh, it's a sacrifice separate from the spirit because God had to have a body that could die. Mm -hmm. So... Um, anyway, that, that's, uh, I don't know if I answered the question or not, but on that, it, it's bearing witness uh, that this is the Messiah. This yeah. is the, 
the Son of God. And, and honestly, when I, when I read the Scripture where it says Son of God, that doesn't pose any problem with me at all mm-hmm. because God became flesh. Yeah. And there was a birth. There was a birth. Uh, the Virgin Mary gave, gave birth. Uh, in fact, we read it in Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. That's the son, the flesh, the body. It was born. It wasn't in eternity. Uh, bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And does anybody know what Emmanuel means? God with us. God with us. Yep. So God with us, not, the, not God the son with us. Right. It, it's God with us. Um, of course, we know Matthew twenty, uh, Matthew chapter one, verse twenty-one, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've asked the question before: What does the name Jesus even mean? It means that Jehovah, which is God of the Old Testament, God, Jehovah has become Savior or salvation, mm-hmm. or Jehovah saves. That's what that means. Wow! Yeah, that's good. So, any, any questions so far on this? Um, on that. On that part of John, I think, 33, where you was reading, mm-hmm. um, isn't that something that was prophesied in the Old Testament that would happen? Uh, well, John is, John is the witness. He's, to, he's preparing the way before the Lord. That's another thing you can very easily see. that When you go to Malachi, he's talking about that. He, he is the one crying in the wilderness, mm-hmm. prepare ye the way of the Lord. Okay, it doesn't say, yeah. you know, second person of the Godhead. Prepare you the way of the Lord. And uh, so, yeah, it was prophesied that John would be the one uh, that would introduce Jesus to the world. And that's why it was so important that John hear this. I mean, how can you know? I mean, even later on, you know, John had questions when, when things didn't turn out like he thought they were. And he's in prison. He realizes he's going to die. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you begin to wonder, Am I, did I really <laughs> introduce the right guy to the world? Yeah. And so he, he said, pretty stressful. Yeah, yeah, pretty stressful. You're fixing to die and you just messed up. So, yeah. so his disciples went and asked Jesus, hey, John's in prison. He knows he's going to die. He's fixing to get his head cut off. Mm-hmm. He wants to know if you're the right one or should we look for another? Yeah. Now, Jesus said, well, you go tell John. What did he tell him? You go tell John what you see. The blind see. You see the, blind, the blinded eyes are open, the deaf ears being us. Go tell John. And the reason he was, you know, we miss things if we don't really understand Scripture. But the reason he was saying that is because the Old Testament bears out your God's going to come with vengeance, God mm-hmm. with a recompense. He's mm-hmm. going to come and save you. Mm-hmm. And then the eyes of the blind will be opened. Yeah. yeah. And so when you go back to. So if you don't know the Old Testament, you miss that entire If you, do, you, yeah. you miss the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Do you have a comment? No, you keep going. So, so he was saying, you go tell John, this is what. You're seeing, yeah, so that you can confirm because John knew the Old Testament. It's the evidence. Let, let me read real yeah. quick a, a verse here, and this is what this is referring to. Isaiah, um, let me see here. Let's go to uh, Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35, verses 1 through 6. Um, verse 1 The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad. For them, and the desert shall rejoice, and the blo- and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom bu- abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The the glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of uh, Carmel and Sharon. They shall see. Notice this. They shall see the glory of the Lord, and the excellency of our God. Now I'm just going to stop there real quick. Doesn't it say in Isaiah? probably 42, I think, 
but it says uh, specifically that God is, is a jealous God and he will not share his glory right. with another. Right. Yeah. Okay, he's not going to share his glory with another. But we know that John 1, we didn't read the whole chapter, but John 1 says that, that you'll see the glory of God basically in the face of Jesus Christ. Exactly. Okay, so this is saying you're going to see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Verse 3, strengthen ye the weak hands, confirm the feeble knees. Say unto them that are fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold your God. Mm-hmm. Your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, he will come and save you. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I'm just going to tell you, I'll read the verse in the New Testament. But this is a prophetic word of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, riding on the donkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says he's going to come and save you. Your God's going to come and save you. But when Jesus is riding in Jerusalem on the donkey, they're spreading out uh, palm leaves in his way. and I mean, they're, they're crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, which interpretation is save us, say, yeah. oh, save, oh, save. And so Jesus is riding in, and when he gets into the temple, he realizes they're, they're doing a lot of stuff they shouldn't be doing. This is a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves, and vengeance comes. Yeah. He chases. He turns over the, the uh, tables, chases them out. But if you read that, and I've got it here, and, and may not read it, I may just give it to you. Um, but immediately after that scene, the Bible says he starts healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blinded eyes, lame. He starts his ministry. I mean, you see it happening. Now notice the rest of this. Um, verse number 4, Isaiah 35. Your God will come with vengeance, even God, not Jesus, but God with the recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. So when, when Jesus told John's disciples, go back and tell John what you see, yeah. he was just pointing him back to the Scripture saying, what does the Scripture say? Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody else has done this. You haven't seen this. Mm-hmm. You've got to trust. Just because it didn't happen the way you thought it was, just because you, your ministry is not just you know, diminishing, but it's ending. Right. Don't, don't doubt that I am who I said I was. Yeah. Anybody got a comment or question? I was just going to say, from when we did the podcast the first time, and, I mean, we kind of just hit on it, is that Old Testament is extremely vital, especially when we're dealing with the oneness of God and talking about Jesus. Absolutely. Because Mm -hmm. it it goes, it's rooted with... uh, with Shema, it's rooted in, uh, what is that, Deuteronomy 6? 6, 6, 4. Where the segment in there and the way it's engrounded in the Jews, because mm-hmm. the disciples are all Jews, John's a Jew, why would they defer from uh, Adonai Elohino Adonai Hud, which is our Lord is God, our Lord is one. Right. Yeah. How would you divert mm-hmm. from that at all yeah. when you know you have this doubt come on John, but you have with what you just pointed out in Isaiah, pointing out that Scripture says, "Yeah, this is that." Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think that's very good. Old Testament. Um, as our schoolmaster, Old Testament clarifies. Old Testament leads us to the cross, to the New Testament. Yeah. And so um, you can't do away with it. In fact, Jesus said we're not here to do away with the law. 
fulfill. We're here to fulfill it. Right. So he was a fulfillment of what was spoken of the Old Testament. What's that verse that says all, all Scripture is for reproof and doctrine? Yeah, Paul writing to Timothy. Is that what you're talking about? I think so, yeah. yeah so sp- we can't just throw part of the Bible out. Yeah. You can use all of it for reproof and doctrine and right. everything else. Absolutely. That's, that was my point. Well, and, and here's the thing. Uh, even Jesus asked uh, Peter and the apostles, who do men say that I am? Mm-hmm. Some say you're this, some say you're that, some, some think you're John the Baptist, you know, got your head put back on, you're alive now. <laughs> so you can go down the list, of, of but but then... Um, Jesus wasn't as concerned with what they thought about him as he was his disciples. And that's why we're talking about the identity of Jesus Christ is because our whole, the whole church is built upon the revelation of who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. And, and he asked Peter, he said, who do men say that I am? Or who do you say that I am? And, of course, Peter said, thou art the Christ. Now, you've got to understand what he's saying. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, if you believe in a trinity or you believe in, in, in three uh, persons in the Godhead, you, you are distinctively saying that, that uh, this, is, this is the um, second person of the Godhead that, that Peter was saying, this is, this is the Son. But, but that's not the way Jews thought. They, they went back right. to the verse that, uh, that you said, Darren, um, Hero Israel. And, and when he said, hero Israel, he's saying, listen to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen to what I'm telling you. Yeah. There's one Lord, mm-hmm. one God. Hero mm-hmm. Israel, the Lord our God is one. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. this Peter believes that. He teaches that. He's, out of the, he's a Jew. So mm-hmm. he's not seeing a second. He's saying this, uh, you know, who, who do men say that I am? He said, you're the Christ. Yeah. You're the Messiah. Mm-hmm. You're the God in flesh. You're the Emmanuel, God with us. You are the Son of God. You yeah. are, you know, First Timothy three sixteen. You are God become flesh. You are God become human. You are God become our Lamb. Mm-hmm. He wasn't saying there's two. Yeah. And so, but but this is the thing we got to get right after that. Um, Jesus said, you know, flesh and blood haven't revealed to this this to you, but my Father. And then He said, and you're Peter, and upon this rock I'm gonna build my church. Right. What He was saying is. Upon this revelation of who I am, yeah. the whole church of the living God is built upon who Jesus was. Right. Yeah. Uh, built upon the fact He went to the cross, but it wasn't. It wasn't a God uh, being afraid of the cross and sending His Son to do His job. No, it was God became humanity. God became a Lamb. Right. God became flesh, and He He was a Son for thirty three and a half years as a temporary sonship, and then when Jesus died on the cross. Um, all of our sins can be re- remitted now, forgiven now, re- filled with the Holy Ghost now because of what he did. But then he said, after he rose from the dead, before he ascended into heaven, he said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Yeah. And then that body set down on the right hand of God on the throne, Hebrew says, he is the express image of God's person. Mm-hmm. And he sat on the throne on the majesty of on high. Yeah. And he rules and reigns. So you want to know, the identity of Jesus Christ, He is the Godhead. Uh, we started with the verse, uh, the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Him. Right. And so, um, anyway, that's, uh, <laughs> any, any questions on that? I'm getting kind of excited. <laughs> hey, no, no something great. I think that's really interesting to look at or think about is the majority of the Jews didn't believe Jesus was God because that caused a separation or a two- gods absolutely that's a great point and that's why a lot of them denied it and said no that's not god because that would mean there's two 
in a sense. You That's know? a great point because they said, uh, you know, they had trouble with they would they were critics. They they yeah. tried to figure out ways to make him look <laughs> bad. If he healed on the Sabbath day, they yeah. scolded him for that. Mm-hmm. And, and but but in in one of the places where you're talking about, they they actually said we're not we're not mad at you because you healed somebody. That's why that's not why you're blas uh, you're we're accusing of blasphemy. We're accusing you of blasphemy because you're a man that makes yourself God. Yeah, yeah. claiming to be God. Right, yeah. and so. Uh, but that's their mindset: one right. God, one yeah. God, one right. God. And they had it so backwards because he wasn't a man that was making himself God. Yeah, that's right. He was God making, making himself, himself a man. man. Right, yeah, absolutely. Which is crazy that they can't even look back. Yeah. Here are these so-called scholars. Here are these so-called men of God that uh, <clears throat> they've been studying uh, the scrolls. Yeah. The Torah and all this, but yet they can't comprehend the yeah. prophetic word. It freaks me out more now that there are still Jews who are still looking for a Messiah, still yeah. la- waiting well, for God to come and save them. I think it's it's wow. got to be some kind of spirit too. I, I yeah. feel like because it's the same. Because some of the Pharisees, even in Acts, when they realized the spirit was moving, they said, "Well, if this is of God, we can't stop it." We're yeah. gonna, and you know, you know which scripture I'm talking about. Yeah. But I believe that some of the Pharisees, they had to have known. Mm-hmm. They had yeah. to know. He, like Even Pilate brought Jesus before him. And it was like, there's something about you. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to wash my hands of you because I can tell. Yeah. And so, so it was a spirit, less yeah. of them knowing that this is the truth. But they just were so selfish. And so I am the head of the church. And, I, and that was more right. blasphemy yeah. in itself because yeah. Jesus was the head. And they had become so used to being the head honchos in charge, mm-hmm. they wouldn't allow themselves to step down. And yeah. that has to be the same spirit that's in this world that has led so many people to believe a lie and to believe other truths because they don't want to follow what the truth is. They're like, well, we followed this tradition for years. And my yeah. thing, and my grandfather yeah. said, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and the Roman Catholic <laughs> Church said this. And, you know, yeah. the, anyway. And what is it? Uh, Jesus in front of the Sanhedrin before he's sentenced to, to die. Uh, I heard Brother Stone King talk on this. And it's... They spent hours on end trying to get a storyline to fit by getting people out of the out of the streets to accuse him falsely. Yeah. But they spent hours on end, and finally, they get him to say a comment which they took as blasphemy to say you're you're saying that you're God. Then they ran with it. Yeah. Here's the thing. Going back to what Dexter said, it, that I think you made a comment. Surely some of them had to believe, mm-hmm. and they did. Here, here's a verse, uh, John chapter 12, verse 42. says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem, just like it is today. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Yeah. Yeah. Nicodemus was one of those. He yeah. believed. In fact, after Nicodemus mm-hmm. uh, came to him at nighttime and said, you know, we know you're a teacher, come from God, and, and all that. Um, after that, Jesus talked about being born again of water and spirit. After that, you see G, uh, Nicodemus, there's about three or four times Nicodemus is mentioned after that, maybe a couple. And, and both times, I think even in this verse I just read, he's taken up for Jesus, yeah, defending, the, him. The, the, yeah. defending him. I mean, he had met him face to face. He heard what he said. He went by night because he didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pride will keep you from believing truth, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. you'll fall into an no, error. Yeah. So uh, what you're saying is absolutely true. There was many that believed, right. but they were afraid of the system of that day. Right. 
And I just, I'll just say this. I, you know, we talked about remnant today. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. And I'm part of the United Pentecostal Church, and, and I love being part of the United Pentecostal Church. But I'll just make this statement. Um, it's, it's bigger. What This truth is bigger than the United Pentecostal Church. Oh, yeah. It's bigger than any organization. Right. Yeah. And uh, when you understand who he is, I, I'm not going to change and go another way for, uh, for an organization, for a panel of men that I love and respect. Uh, we've got to hold true, and that's what yeah. we're talking about. The identity of Jesus Christ, because everything is built upon who He was. Right. right. He was God in flesh that became a lamb. You know, uh, we, there's so many scriptures you can go to, but when He when He said, "All powers have been given unto Me in heaven and earth," He ascended into heaven, mm-hmm. and Hebrews said He sat down on the throne. There's only yeah. one throne. Yeah. Revelation says that throne is the throne of God and the Lamb. Mm -hmm. And that's not making two separate deities. That's saying God Almighty Spirit, and here's my flesh, here's my body, here's my identity. You want to see God? The only way you're ever going to see Him is in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so it was was the um, throne of God and the Lamb. So when we get to heaven, we're going to see Jesus Christ, the only uh, image of the invisible God, the only, He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So, um, two things. Good, good input, guys. Yes, sir. I think for one, we didn't know what Dad was going to be talking about because we just kind of gave him free reigns and said whatever you want to talk about, it's fine. But in the past few episodes, we keep bringing up <clears throat> the idea and the thought of the gospel nowadays has been so diluted mm-hmm. that it's just it's useless because they take the name of Jesus out of it, and then there's verses that says all power is in the name of Jesus, all authority. And then, you know, you see the name of Jesus and how it's so powerful. But anyway, so I think it's fitting that we're talking about this today and trying to restore the full gospel, the power and the authority in it. Another point, I thought it was really interesting that Dexter originally brought it up and then you went to the verse in Acts that talks about, uh, I think it was Acts, the Pharisees, some of them believed. John 12, John 12 and 42. Okay, John. The Pharisees, some of them believed, but they didn't confess. And then you brought up the point, Nicodemus, Nicodemus went at night so he wouldn't be found out. Mm-hmm. Well, something you you were telling us today and talking was about that pulpit, I want to be behind the pulpit mentality, or mm-hmm. I want to be seen, and mm-hmm. I just want to do be up here and do a show. Actually, this has been a thought you've had for a while. Yeah, but performance, performance mentality. mentality. Yeah. That's, that's the same mentality that was back then yep. because yeah. they were like, well, if, if – yeah, I believe him, but if, if I... If I believe him, I'll lose my exactly. or I'll lose my position. I won't have this position, position anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. People will look down upon me, and it's not about what they think. Yeah. yeah. That's what's... And it's so hard. I mean, we are all flesh. We're all pride. Yeah. I care about what you think. You care about what I think, or at yeah. least hope you nah, do. I mean, a Not bit. really. Yeah, my opinion <laughs> doesn't matter much. But, you know, at the end of the day, it shouldn't matter. Right. It's right. like you're talking today in church, the remnant. No matter what. No yeah. matter what. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to still be standing. It's, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. Well, in America we especially, we're so materialistic. It's, yeah. We judge ourselves and others. Dad brought this up in yeah. his message today off of how much stuff we can have. Oh, yeah. And the more we can have, the more higher well, up we yeah, feel. Yeah, and that's how we see ourselves, and that's how we judge other people. It's like some yeah. of the people I work with, it's like some people they allow their job to become their church or their life, or, yeah. and that's it. and that's oh, their yeah. status, and it's like yeah. my house, and I have this boat, and I have this, and that's mm-hmm. who I am. I'm like, well, that's stuff. That's not who you are. Yeah. 
foot in their eyes. That's who they are. And we can't allow that to happen. It's got to be the flip-flop. Yep. It's like, I might not have anything, but I'm in church. Jesus is my identity. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. what the Pharisees were dealing with. You know, and I'll mention this. This, this happened on, on the uh, trip to Bangladesh. Um, I'm trying to think, was this in India or Bangladesh? We went to both. I think this was Bangladesh. And... Um, <clears throat> Pretty sure it was in. Yes, it was in Bangladesh. Um, we talk about the the uh, you know performance mentality. We talk about the uh, you know um, the stage presence and having having to you know there's people that that won't sadly but we've talked about this there's there's preachers that won't go preach in a small church. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sad. Put an X on their head and just write them off. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't care how good a preacher they are. If they're not going to, if they're not for a soul, yeah. right. one soul, oh, one yeah. repentant soul <laughs> stirs yeah. up all of heaven. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so one of my highlights of, of the trip was not the crusades, which we saw, we saw blinded eyes open. I mean, deaf ears, I mean, opened up where doctor said, you know, you, you'll, you have to have a special surgery, uh, or you'll never have your wow. miracle. Uh, tumors sink back and disappear. Yeah, uh, it, it was amazing, but that's not the highlight for me. The highlight was when we um, we drove about an hour outside of the big city uh, down this little pig trail. We get out in the dust and we walk <laughs> down this little trail, and it was a ma- in in the middle of a mango field. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, these trees, <laughs> mangoes, just hanging off of them. And so we, we walked back to this little church, and it was just a one-room church, uh, open air, had windows, and, and uh, just had an opening for a door, no door that closed it. And, and, and there's a desk there, and I'm supposed to preach. Okay, we think a mentality of performance in America. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you know, we got mics, we got padded pews, we've we got this lights. order of service, we've got lights. <laughs> air conditioning. Yeah, all this <laughs> yeah. stuff. We're going to bring out seven points, and then we're going to make an altar call, and we're going to talk about all this stuff. So simple. I uh, preached for 15 minutes. Uh, they're sitting on the floor, no pews, no chairs. They're all sitting on the floor just staring at me, and uh, intently. Uh, yeah. They sang a song in their language I didn't understand, one song, and they said, okay, pastor, preach. Open my Bible and laid it on a flat table, and I just begin to t- talk because these are new converts. Some of them new converts, some of them are brand new, uh, Hindu background. Start talking about being born again, explain what being born again of water and spirit, it's repentance, baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Just just like I'm talking to you, just very simple, no jumping and kicking and sweating, just simple gospel preaching. No huckabucking. No, no huckabucking. You didn't jump up on the table and shout. I didn't screaming. do that. Maybe once. No, no, no whirly bird. You know, none, none of this. And just very simple. They're very quiet. They're listening. There was no applause. There were no jumping up saying amen. A lot of that's a theatrics. Yeah. We've got to realize that the gospel is as simple as teaching it, yeah. praying a prayer of repentance, and being filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. There's about 27 people that I counted. Some may have been 30, but about 27, 30 people in there. Um, maybe a few more counting us. Uh, I had everybody raise their hand if they had received the Holy Ghost. And now there were probably maybe 15 that had received the Holy Ghost. Um, so that let me know that about half of them needed the Holy Ghost in my quick math so I teach this 15 minutes I said let's pray 
we need to repent. They stood. They began to repent. Of course, I didn't understand the language. But when they started receiving the Holy Ghost, I knew. You yeah. could tell right. immediately there was a change in the language. And after it was all said and done, of course, there were some of their people there that had leaders that was praying for people. Uh, there was a lady that was delivered of spirits there in that service. Oh, wow. Um, and after it was all said and done, 12 people received the Holy Ghost. Just in about like 15 minutes of preaching, oh, uh, maybe a 45-minute, well, probably 30-minute total service. And then we went and baptized 20 of them. Wow. Just like that. That simple. That easy. So my highlight of my mission trip was that, that little service. That's how simple this gospel is. Yeah. But that's how quickly you can miss it if you get off track and you don't teach it correctly. Yeah. Then you got all kind of craziness to where now, uh, you know, a lot of the churches that believe, in fact, probably almost 100% of churches that believe in the Trinitarian doctrine do not baptize in the name of Jesus. Yeah. When nowhere in Scripture was anybody ever baptized any other way. They they take the power out because they, yep. they take mm -hmm. the name out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because they repeat what Jesus said, be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Well, you're just repeating what he said. He said be <laughs> yeah. baptized in the name. Yeah. So my question is, what's the name? Jesus. His, and they shall call his name Jesus, yep. yes. which shall take away the sins of the world. Yeah. Anybody else? I've got another verse here I'll go to, but if anybody got a question or a comment? Anybody? Uh, going back to what uh, Brother Dexter said, by the way, Dexter is my nephew. He's a great guy. Um, the other two guys are great, too. Yeah. <laughs> Seth and Darren. I was waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just something about them mises, I guess. Darren is Praise my, uh, Darren is my uh, daughter-in-law's brother, and Seth is just, he's, he's adopted. He's the youth leader. He's the friend of the family. <laughs> he's the youth leader. Yeah. Youth pastor. No, we're both on the same but notice John 20 and verse 27. I don't know how much time we got. Do we got a certain amount we of time? We got about 15 minutes. Okay. John 20, verse 27, then said he to Thomas. Of course, the reason Jesus is saying this is because Thomas had made the arrogant statement that I'm not going to believe unless I can touch the scars, put my hands in the scars. Then said he to Thomas, reach uh, hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach thither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believe. Ooh, that had to hurt. Yeah. Don't be faithless, <laughs> uh, but believe. And Thomas didn't have to do that. Doesn't say that he did that. Correct. He didn't have to. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. Yeah. Now, when he made that statement, he there's a lot of people will, will write this off and they'll say this or that. But he actually called him my Lord, which... Lowercase L, capital L O R D, Lord, meaning uh, God in flesh. This is my Lord and my God. Mm -hmm. He was he was saying, "You're my Lord, Messiah, uh, God become flesh, God with us, and you're God, my Lord and my God." Yeah. Now, if he wasn't God, and I heard uh, someone make a statement recently that Jesus Christ was not the Almighty God. Uh, well, Revelations 1, and I realize this is after his ascension, but Revelations 1, uh, he says, I'm the first, I'm the last, I'm Alpha and Omega, and then he says, the Almighty. Yeah. Jesus, red letters, I'm the Almighty. He is the Almighty God. Yeah. Isaiah 9 and 6, uh, son is going to be given. Child's going to be born, son's going to be given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, right. the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, understand that that wasn't just a fleshly body, but it was God became human. 
God became flesh. God yeah. became humanity. So that was God. Old Testament says, God says, I'm the only Savior. Well, what's Jesus? Yeah. Is he another Savior? No, he's, he's God, just like Isaiah 35. Your God is going to come with vengeance. How's he going to come? He's going to come manifested in flesh, riding on a donkey, and he's going to come turn over the money changers, and then he's going to turn around. And as prophecy said, God's going to heal the sick, raise the dead, mm-hmm. and he turns around and starts healing people. So yeah. I never read that verse, but I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> okay, so Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Notice Jesus' response. He didn't say, no, I'm not God. I'm the second person in the Godhead. I'm, I'm not Almighty God. <laughs> Notice what he said. Jesus said unto him, verse 29, John 20, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Mm. Okay, he was affirming what, yes. what Thomas just said. Because you see me and you believe. Blessed are they that have not seen me. Do you yeah. realize that's talking about us? Yeah. Yes. We never saw Jesus. We didn't see him walk. We, we, we believe he said, blessed are they have not seen, but yet they believed. Mm-hmm. You realize how blessed we are today to understand and see what yeah. we see? And then he goes on to say, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ mm-hmm. or the Messiah, the Son of God, which is Anytime you see Son, the image of God, the flesh of God, the Lamb of God, the humanity of God, Jesus Christ is God in flesh, and that believeth, uh, and that believing ye might have life through His name. It comes back to the name, baptize in the name, pray in the name, whatever you do in word or or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. So, that's awesome. Good stuff. Uh, Weston said earlier that we don't preach the full gospel. And I asked the kids if they, does anyone know what gospel actually means? Good Most news. people don't, they don't know. But 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 21, I think, 20, something like that here. It says, for after that is in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block. Christ's well, Christ living, Christ dying, Christ resurrection, that's the gospel. Yeah. And you just can't do it without Jesus. Yeah. You cannot do it without Jesus. Yeah. He's the foundation of it all. Yeah. And that's what he was telling Peter upon this rock, upon this revelation, I'm gonna build my church. Right. He's the chief cornerstone. Um you know, uh I mentioned this earlier and I'll, I'll say this. Let me just read a couple of scriptures here, and we can wing in this at any time. Colossians 1, chapter 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood. This is talking about Jesus. Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So through the blood, we have redemption. Now, let me ask you a question. The Old Testament says that uh, he is our, God is our redeemer. Okay? Mm-hmm. Well, this says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. There was not one, one verse in Hebrews says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. There's no redemption. Yeah. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. That's why God had to make himself a body. He had to come in flesh because he had to have blood to shed for the remission of sins. But verse 15 says, right after it mentions through the blood of Jesus, we have remission, forgiveness of sins. Verse 15 says, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. And so uh, 
he is the image of the invisible God. And um, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 3 kind of reiterates that again. But even more than just saying he's the image of the invisible God, because God's a spirit. He had to have a body to be able to see him. Hebrews 1 goes into even a little more uh, detail. Let me just read it, Hebrews 1 and 1. God, who at sundry times and in divers' manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, or his image, who he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Do y'all catch that? Uh, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. What'd you say? There's more than one earth. <laughs> Let me just go ahead. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> he created. We do not condone. Or, <laughs> he created the multiple multiple earths. Yeah. Hath in these last days spoken us to us by his son, who he hath appointed heir of all things, and by whom also he made the worlds. Okay, I think he's talking about heaven, Weston. I don't know. Verse don't three: so. Who being in the brightness of of his glory, talking about Jesus, the brightness of God's glory, the express image of God's person. And upholding all things by the, by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high. After he had purged our sins through the cross, he, he, he died, he was buried, he rose again. And before he ascended, he said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. When he purged our sins, he ascended in heaven and sat down on the right hand. Uh, how can you get on the right hand of a spirit, which is omnipresent everywhere? You can't physically get on the right hand, but you can get on the right hand of acceptance. You can be accepted of him. You can get on the right hand of power, as Scripture says. Sit down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And so he is sitting on a throne, and it goes back to what we started with. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we're complete in him. Um, But this says he was the express image of God's person. So when you see Jesus walking through the Scripture on the face of the earth, when you see him healing, when you see, see him raising the dead. When you see Jesus, you are seeing the glory of God, um, the character of God. You would never be able to see God until he created himself an image and came and showed himself. Yeah. God was manifest or made to be seen in, in flesh. Um, so anyway. Another point I thought of that was interesting when you was bringing out through his blood we're saved. Uh, I just simple-minded simple me thought about Cain and Abel. And there you go. his sacrifice wasn't accepted because there was no bloodshed. Perfect. In order for it to be accepted, there had to be a sacrifice. Blood had to be shed. Absolutely. I just thought about that. You don't accept fruits and vegetables because he was right. making precedent there that's going to take blood. Yeah. And, and that was the first, that's the principle of blood all the way through Scripture. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was uh, blood shed at the altar. Blood was mingled with water, representing being baptized in Jesus' name, blood. Where you come in contact with the blood is through Jesus. He is our sacrifice. Right. I think it was the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul saying, some of you being baptized in the name of Paulus, some of you being baptized in the name of Paul, and then he asks the question, who died for you? Yeah. So for everybody that's never been baptized in Jesus' name, my question is, who died for you? Who died for you? That's the name that you need to use, and his name Absolutely. is Jesus. Absolutely. Yep. That's good. Wow. Right. Well, I, I said it once, but I think it's, it's just so fitting that we talk about this today because because of the I think 90% of Christianity is is falling away from the gospel and they're not in truth anymore 
And so, I mean, that's our point in this podcast. For one, lifting each other up, sharpening yeah. iron. Iron, iron sharpens iron. iron. So is the countenance of his friend. Man, anyway, wow. I butchered that. But, it's okay. but we're, so we're trying to lift each Go other ahead. up. And I, yes. think, I think that's what we're doing through this podcast. And then if anybody happens to listen, if they can get a nugget of truth, I mean, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. So I Since think you got was, back from your trip, it seems like this is something that you've been focused on. Can you yeah. tell us really why? Like um, what, is it something that you felt over there or something coming back that you feel? No, this is something us? been happening for a while. Uh, I, I just feel like there's people that are uh, basically teaching, preaching stuff that's not accurate scripturally. And, and it, it makes me realize that we have fallen into wanting to appear wise before men uh, we've fallen into this category of uh, performance mentality. You know, yeah. I've been on that for months now. Yeah. And it's, it's not about performance. It's not about, uh, you know, just looking wise. It's about holding truth. And for me, uh, there's got to be, uh, you, you can't change it. Yeah. Uh, it's forever settled in heaven. And we've we got to ha- approach it with humility and, and uh I just don't. I don't want to be lost because I miss uh, doctor, doctrine's important. Yeah, it I is. mean, uh, you know, going it's back to your first it. verse, we we have to be careful, even us, in what we consider the truth, not to be preaching just philosophy. Perfect, right. yeah. perfect, exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, even when and and that's why I will I will listen and uh, anything somebody wants to say, I'm going to listen because yeah. I want to learn, yeah. even if they're in error. Yeah. I want to learn from it, yeah. and I, I and we need to be serious and pray about it, and yeah. and so I, I guess uh, I'm stirred because I I feel like um, as as I think it was David in the Old Testament, my feet had almost now I slipped. I think there's people letting things slip. Uh, we're too focused on uh, big time big time platforms and all mm-hmm. this stuff, yep. and we we you go back you go back. Um, you know, to some of our forefathers, doctrine was everything. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, the big platforms and stuff, that wasn't their focus. And I'm not saying that we need people preaching at, at big yeah. events. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, that's, that's not the problem. It's the motive yeah. right. of what you're doing there. Yeah. Are you really there for the right reason? Mm-hmm. And I think we got some tremendous guys out there that are there for the right reason. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying... Uh, that's a that can become a pride issue, and pride becomes before a fall. Mm-hmm. That's where deception comes in. That's where you get to thinking you're better and know more, and you're smarter, and you want to appear wise. And and honestly, some of you guys here sitting at this table are are ministers. Our our point is not to just now we want to we want to have revelation. We want to understand scripture better and all that stuff. But it's not about pleasing a crowd. It's about yeah. it's about standing on truth. Um, you know, and, and let me just end with this. We probably got a couple minutes here. John 14 and 6, um, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. Uh, verse 7, if ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Mm-hmm. That's saying you've seen the Father. Yeah. You've seen his image. You've seen an express image. He's talking about himself. Verse 8, Philip what a stupid thing to say. <laughs> Just got to say that. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it's going to satisfy us. Yeah. Notice how Jesus re, uh, comes and answers that. Jesus said unto him, have I been so time with you, yet thou hast, yet, uh, hast thou not known me, 
Yeah. He didn't say, have I been so long with you and talked about the Father that you don't know who he is? He said, have I so long time been with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? And then he said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. He's saying, when you see me, you see the fullness of the Godhead. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I think that's a, that's a tremendous yeah, that's awesome. Verse. But here's the thing. He didn't say, when you see me, you've seen a replica of the Father. Mm-hmm. When you see me, you have seen the invisible God, yeah, the invisible right. Father. Right. So that, the identity of Jesus Christ is he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is the image of the invisible God. He is God became flesh. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's Jehovah has become Savior. Mm-hmm. He is the Savior. Um, he's everything. Yes. Yes. The fullness dwells in him. So. Awesome. Thank you all for letting me be here today. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy life to sit down with us and do this. Yes. We really appreciate it. (laughs) We've been trying for a while. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He finally gave in and said, all right, whatever, let's do it. (laughs) Glad to be here. It was was fun. Yes. But thank you guys so much for listening. We really hope that this gave you something that maybe you didn't know or maybe it just helped affirm what you already knew. But anyway, if you... If you like this podcast, please share it with your friend. Follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. Leave us a review so that it can get out there. Yes. Share on social media. That's right. Facebook, Twitter, all this shebang. Or you can just keep listening to it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say anything. I never comment, like, or subscribe or anything. So only on our videos do I do that. Don't be like Dexter. (laughs) Until next time, guys. Bye. Thank you.